0: Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman-Hughes. All right, picking up the Batphone this (laughs) week. You've heard it so many
1: times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now you know it's not a high-tech setup. It's Nathan Hughes, the the founder and owner of Continuous Flow BJJ Apparel. Pretty awesome to have you on, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, well, uh, after we got a little bit of a chat at PanPacks, I thought, no, nah, we gotta, we got to do this one for real. We've got to <laughs> sit down and have a real good chat. Because to be honest, you know, a lot of apparel brands sort of come and go a little bit. And you know, there's a lot of startups that have absolutely flooded the market now with um, jujitsu apparel or not necessarily jujitsu apparel, but like rash guards and this type of mm-hmm. thing um, became a pretty big <clears throat> market for it. But the staying power of continuous flow has been pretty impressive. Uh, especially being, you know, a South Australian startup as well, it's 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 gone a long way that you've gone out of your way to support the local scene. You know, whether it's sponsoring local athletes and always putting on deals for people, the fact that you're traveling and to support athletes as well is a, a pretty massive deal as well. So, but now got to have you on. We've yeah. got to talk about it, and we've got to hear your journey and how it came yeah, to be. I think
1: it has more to do with my stubborn redheadedness than
0: anything. <laughs> like, um, those two go hand in hand yeah yeah
1: the, um but yeah the you're right they they do come and go i think a lot of people's you know anyone who's been in jiu-jitsu more than five minutes has had a a dm from a Pakistani fellow <laughs> offering them
0: we offer greatest yeah, quality best, best price.
1: <laughs> hello dear <laughs> oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, uh, um fine. so everybody sees that and they go like man I see rash guards are for sale for $70 Mm. and this guy's offering them to me for $20, Mm. man, that's huge margin. I can make this happen. And it's, there's a lot more to it as, as with any business, you know, it's the same with opening a gym. People go, man, I can buy some mats. Mm. You know, I'm a pretty solid purple belt. (laughs) Like people like I, you know, uh, and there's so much more to running a business than, than what people see. Mm. Um, i've also been kind of blessed in a lot of ways in that uh a, a good friend of mine who i played basketball with uh Naam is a professional illustrator so mm-hmm. when i was first starting out he did all my designs for me at a really good rate mm-hmm. uh which which definitely helped um and he's introduced me to other illustrators since then so mm-hmm. we keep all of our, our designs are local so that's all adelaide stuff um yeah, so that I've kind of been lucky in that way and lucky enough to have a really good job that pays well, that allows me to do this kind mm. of just as a side hustle. Mm. Um, still, you know, I still don't pull a wage out of it. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, it's one
0: of those things. Yeah, I,
1: I just, for the last, so it's been around six years. For the last six years, I've just consistently grown the team. Whenever I've started making more money, I've just sponsored more people and, um, yeah, so, but with that said, uh, I'll be looking to pull a wage out of it soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, I you,
0: you don't set up a business with the idea of not doing that no, at exactly. some point in time. It's sometimes it comes quicker, sometimes it comes later, but in order for it to be self-sustainable, then it kind of has to.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's now getting to the point where I'm kind of working two full-time jobs, <laughs> Yeah, and that gets really tiring really fast. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: so 14-hour yeah. days as your average is, it's not. Great, but it must be an addition to your life as well. People always talk to me about my hours and stuff like that. You know, obviously, I I work an an office job, undisclosed. (laughs) I'm not allowed to talk (laughs) about what it actually is, otherwise I get corrupted. He said he's a spy. I I am. I love that. He's Adelaide's James Bond. (laughs) People don't know, but they always ask me questions. Nah, it's good. But then, you know, so I live in Renella, work in the city all day, then go to Klemzig to run classes, and then we come back and feel like, oh man, it's a mass- massive day. And I'm like, I would be a drastically different person if I didn't do that second part yeah. you know, and get out to Klemsig and run classes at the MATLAB and be a part of our community and contribute to it. Like, I, I wouldn't be anywhere near the same person that, that I am today. So, yeah. it must, continuous flow must add something to your existence in order for you to put that much time and effort into it.
1: Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to my mom. <laughs> big jujitsu go <girl.
0: laughs> uh yesterday a and, fan. yeah
1: and she she when she retired she just started knitting clothes for kids and she just mm. does a little stall locally and she doesn't make any money out of it really it's just her her kind of artistic outlet and i guess and i was like yeah i guess continuous flow is that for me as mm. well not that i have the artistic talents to do the designs myself but i just come up with the ideas.
0: Well, I think let's not gloss over that because that's probably the thing that has set your brand apart from so many others. I mean, other brands have cool stuff out there. I really like Atlas brand, for example, but they're like kind of the antithesis to your idea. Like they're simplicity personified. You guys are like on point with references. You know what I mean? Like we could, we could honestly sit here and catalog all of them and I probably wouldn't be able to like all of the horror franchise stuff is fantastic. Uh, you guys have done, like, Predator work as well. well. That's how it all started for me. So, Predator to me is kind of like Batman is to
1: you. Mm. Maybe looking around <laughs> your living area, not quite as far.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They, they don't call yeah. me Batman because of my ears. <laughs> yeah. It's because I'm a legitimate, like, Batman fan. Yeah, so, so Predator
1: is is, bat, is is my Batman. But no one had a rash guard with a Predator design yeah. on it. So, I spoke to my friend Naam, who I mentioned oh. earlier said hey can you knock something up for me it came out really well um another friend james who's a black belt from the u.s put me onto a guy who could do the rash guards. and then i thought i'll just i'll put them out there i'll do a 30 day free shopify site uh which i'll just build myself on the cheap 30 days free and see if anybody orders them and if they do then cool and if they don't then that's fine i'll get one uh and yeah we sold like Fifty across two designs mm. on the first one. I was like, okay, maybe this has got some legs. Um, and then the the one that really blew up was the when we started doing horror stuff, like you mm. said. So we did the the Pennywise inspired one, and then Chucky inspired, and then
0: yeah, it just then Freddy. We, we could yeah, Chase. we could go on forever, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but they, you know they're all linked in, right? They're all jujitsu linked in. Yeah, yeah, that's why I say Heel inspired. Racer. Yeah, Heel yeah, yeah, that's why I say inspired
1: because we do enough. To change them, the, yeah. The, I mean, if the the powers that be decided to send me a cease and desist, I certainly wouldn't fight it. Get <laughs> you know, the Someone like Disney's got
0: way deeper pockets than me. But, it's, but isn't that? It, it's the terminology is either inspiration or parody. So yeah, you yes. can do parody. You can do parody.
1: The, the issue you've got is if they, yeah, they'll just keep you in court for <laughs> And I, I can't afford that, so I'll just. if um, but had like Adidas it. actually sent? We did a Leglock design ah. with the Reebok logo, so instead of Reebok, it was Leglock with no C. So yeah, uh, yeah. And Adidas sent me a cease and a sister. Oh, oh, and Were I was you're just, like, this is so cool. Yeah, no, I was like, well, I'm not buying your stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you should just sent them back a note saying support local and, business. Yeah, yeah. yeah fucks. So I, the, yeah, they sent it to me, and I went, okay, I just pulled yeah. them offline.
0: And that was it. yeah. Setting. But people like this kind of stuff, man. I think it speaks to sort of the personality types that you're going to get in grappling and in jiu-jitsu as well. Like we're a little bit more on the nerdy side and we, we have a vessel given our apparel that we're always going to be wearing shorts, always going to be wearing rash guards and people want to express their personality through it. I think Andy Keel probably the, the best example of this, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, he, um, he definitely has a big personality. He does. And it's that. a glowing personality. Oh, yeah, man. I well. love that guy. He's, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but he's
0: one of your sponsored athletes. I know 100%. Andy, I know Lorino as yeah. well, and I know uh, that Tony Caruso is yeah. also sponsored and there. we do okay. Connor,
1: who's a young guy from yeah. Hama. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. Um, So they're the local guys, but then we have like at least 10 in the US that we mm-hmm. sponsor as well. Uh, we've got uh, Megan Evans, who's a black belt from Victoria that we sponsor. Peter Goal, who's a black belt from Sydney who we sponsor. Um, got Jason, another guy from Tasmania. He's at the 10th planet there that we sponsor. Uh, and then we've got some brand ambassadors like Tamara in Perth, Kira in Sunshine Coast. Definitely going to forget somebody. No, it's all right. Charlise in... Uh, just in Southern Victoria, who's like nine years old, I think. <laughs> and oh, an sexy. absolute weapon
0: <laughs> yeah she um, them out, she, she
1: was at Pampax and yeah she got a 20
0: second sub at Pampax yeah I wish I could have done that, that man save me a lot of heartache <laughs> yeah well she wasn't rolling with Jessie's. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah let's trying to think who else in Australia I think how, how did those connections sort of come about Did they approach you do you approach them um, It's a little bit of a mutual the local guys So Loreno
1: and I have been friends. So I used to work at a record shop Mm -hmm. and Loreno's huge into his hip hop. We we were a hip hop, we had a hip hop, was a big part of what we did. So I've known him since then. So when I first started, Loreno was purple, I'm pretty sure, and was going to Masters Worlds. I said, well, yeah, I'll give you the free gear. And so that just sort of grew from there. Andy obviously trains at the same gym as me. So that's how that, Uh, Tony, just got to know, and he was looking for sponsorship when he mm. started with one, so we did that. Uh, and Jesse Hughes, the other Hughes, from <laughs> the Adelaide, other Hughes, the other Are Any of
0: us related? I well, don't know I guess we somewhere, somewhere along <laughs> yeah. the line. Um, but it's not like we're going to have like family yeah, gatherings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's not, no
1: barbecues. We're, we're, we're not cousins. Three Hugheses conspiring. Yeah, we're not. There's probably four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are some big jujitsu families, but. Yeah, we're not it would be on. cool if we were, but we could be the, the Machados of Adelaide.
0: <laughs> the unrelated related. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good.
1: Um, yeah, Jesse came to me and said, hey, well, actually, was it Jesse or Chris? It might have been Chris Penrose, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry about that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was just upset about a 16-year-old kid beating him up yeah. all the time. So,
0: yeah. He's legit, man. The kid is legit. Yeah,
1: the, yeah, I haven't rolled with him, but I've seen him. Doing some nasty stuff yeah. to Chris. He,
0: he's come in a few times to comp class and uh, and also to our regular no-gear classes as well at, at MATLAB when he was just trying to get, because he had like a, uh, I think he might be training for an ADCC. Yeah, he's going
1: to ADCC this month. Yes. Which I believe you are too. Well, I was, I was going, going to. Really tells me.
0: Yeah, I was going to, but unfortunately, I have a near complete tear on my hamstring. Oh no. Yeah, I got the scans this week. Was so, that from Pampax? Yes, it was. Yikes. Sucks. How many weeks? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm had just going to roll with
1: it, man. I can deal with it. You know. I had that last year from basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last year I was injured nine months of last year, all from basketball. All from basketball. Yeah. I'd knee, hamstring, and thumb. And after the knee, the knee was the third one. I was like, that's... I think at 47, it's yeah. time to hang
0: up the boots. And Do you mind me asking me, how did you go with the hamstring? Uh, so I just took like
1: six weeks off, pretty much yeah, anything yeah. that was gonna stress it. Mm-hmm. So, with the exception of walking my dogs, I just yeah. didn't do anything to do with legs. Did you get any scans or anything like that? Or oh uh, yeah, like... I got a. I'm trying to remember, I had so many scans that year. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I brought... so, like bringing
0: up this PTSD. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, the thumb was a break, so that was X-rays oh, and MRIs. How and painful would
0: that have been? Man? It was.
1: It was really painful, yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. it was really annoys so my right thumb, which you just use for
0: everything. Yeah. Everything, so.
1: and instinctually as well. Yeah, yeah like you just go, just...
0: <laughs> And then it just hurts again. Because
1: as well, it was like right at the bottom near my wrist, mm. so was nothing, Like they couldn't. There was no cast or anything. It was just like like a thirty dollar brace from yeah. a chemist, so I like, just wear that all the time. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so <sighs>
0: the hamstring I think had an MRI. Mm. yeah I got an MRI coming yeah. up or an ultrasound I had an ultrasound yeah, I and I ultrasound got an MRI mean. coming up MRI was the knee ultrasound for yeah. the knee yeah. yep. what did you do to your knee? Uh, just a guy
1: landed on it but it was the one that's already been reconstructed okay. yeah. Um, that was jiu-jitsu the it <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. wasn't a hill hook though it wasn't no no it
1: was a it was pretty much my fault I competed in 2014 as a white belt uh, and my first fight which was in masters 2 because mm. I in 2014 I was still old <laughs> and um yeah I my first fight was against a judo black belt so after f- you know 5 minutes of back and forth <laughs> on the feet he finally got a trip and got the side control and so I got a bunch of points for that and just held me there until the time ran out there's nothing I could do um and so in my then I was went into adult open weight 1 two or three fights then in my fourth one which was to decide who went to the gold silver match and who went for bronze the guy got a similar trip and i was like well i know they did get to side control mm. so I tried to replace guard on the way down and he he landed on my leg it was my fault and just sort of my knee stayed there and my foot came mm. around so I fully ruptured my acl oh. so that was a year off Depressing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I had to ask Sorry, you about so it. This is one of these uplifting podcasts. I was being so,
0: I'm being so selfish yeah. as
1: well. Like, what did you do to repair yeah, yeah. your hamstring? So my hamstring, I just, <laughs> I just rested for yeah, six weeks. I did yeah. nothing with it, and then just did really light strength work yeah. and really light stretching.
0: Well, to be p- completely honest with you and very candid, uh, people have been talking to me about peptides, man. They've been talking to me about TPC. Yes, I. BPC, yeah. B- 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 yeah, BPC, I BPC one five seven and TB five. Yeah, I've got a f- friend
1: who uses that stuff, and he's yeah. he calls it the Wolverine peptide. Yeah, or something. yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, man. Whenever I get an injury, I just pump some of that in there. Well, and- the
0: thing is, like, I have. I oh, know I'm not going to put people on blast. I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Like, I'm quite, quite. I'm sort of leaning towards considering using it myself. Yeah, I, would, like, yeah I, I didn't use anything. So, if, yeah. but if you can get it fixed in three weeks rather than yeah. six, then. and I hear the arguments, like I hear the rationale. Also, I'm not a doctor, nor am I a scientist, so I don't know anything. Now we're narrowing down the job. Like, now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about the synthesis of peptide chains to protein chains. Like, I, you, you could tell me all of that information. I may or may not understand it. I likely won't, but. It's all of the anecdotal, right? That's all we, it's all bro science, man. And I know a lot of jujitsu guys who work a job and if they get a catastrophic injury, they can't really afford to do the nine months rehab. They can maybe afford the three months. So they look at it sort of like as a financial investment into bettering their health. And and I'm all for that as well. I'm not super all for performance enhancing drugs. I've never I haven't been on TRT because I haven't been prescribed it. I've never done steroids in my life. Although people think that I have because I used to fight at 66 and now I'm 88 and they're like, how did this happen? And I'm yeah, like, look, cause I, I was 20 <laughs> yeah. and now I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you think this is like me doing weights <laughs> and shit, Like this yeah. is me doing pizza, right? Like, <laughs> I need, I need to get back and on the horse. Now, and strength the now you're married, man. It's all over weight-wise. Oh, <laughs> my average weight has gone up by six kilos since I got married <laughs> yeah. for sure. Happiness, man. It- it puts the kilos yeah, on. Yeah, it's not great for the yeah, six pack. But I'm happy for it. I, I probably need like I can, probably shouldn't be competing under ninety-one. Like I should likely be competing under 85. And we'll get there eventually. I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuild. I'm gonna watch a bunch of like Triple H repairing his quad videos, and that'll get me <laughs> that'll get me psyched to like do all my rehab and shit. <laughs> you Rocky montage. Fucking just let's just get it all out there. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I I know that. Because peptides is kind of like a weird one, right? Like, uh, I remember Essendon got done for peptides like yeah. all those years ago, right? And right. people don't... I know that it, I know that you probably can use it like if you wanted to get shredded or stuff. But the thing is, people don't use it for that because there's better stuff out there, right? You can use other anabolic steroids to be massive or put on muscle mass. People certainly do use TRT, especially around maybe our age as well. Like if they really want to be high-level athletic competitor, but oh, honestly, really? I don't feel like I need it. Right? People
1: uh, at our age are just using it to feel like they did when they were
0: yeah, 25, yeah. You know? which sure, I, I can know... understand
1: because I'm 47, mm. uh, and I would definitely love to feel like I did when
0: yeah, I was yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah, give it to okay. me. <laughs> yeah. well, um, I'm, I'm 34 years old, and I've got mileage, right? so i I understand that in the grand scheme of things thirty four is actually quite young to be honest like maybe no, I not. wish i was thirty four yeah, yeah, yeah maybe not for uh an elite level athletic competitor, which i'm not right I'm sort of like run of the mill but I've been an athlete since I was so young. Like I peaked really early, especially when the in the swimming phase. Yeah. Like I grew quickly. I put on muscle mass quickly at ages 12, 13 14. So potentially as I approach 37, 38, 39, my testosterone levels are probably going to be wavering. And at that point, if it's, to the betterment of my health. Like, if a, an actual doctor who knows what they're fucking talking about prescribes it to me for my health, not to go and smash Worlds, you know what I mean? Like, for my actual health. It might be a happy side effect, though. Eh? Yeah, well, but I would I would feel odd about competing if I knew that I was using TRT, even if it was just to bring my levels to normalcy. Yeah. I don't know. It's,
1: it's a weird one. Something like Worlds. Look, I'm never going to compete at Worlds. Yeah. Like part of the reason I started the brand was like, how can I be a bigger part of the community? Because my jujitsu is never going to be at the level where I compete at a bit. Like, I'm never going to be a guy that... You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> at 47? I know no, that. It's all, ti- it's all
0: timing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're at something like Worlds and you're not on uh, something like that, probably you're okay. probably the exception, not the rule. Yeah. yeah. I see people giving Gordon Ryan... Grief all the time for that and there's plenty of things you could give Gordon grief about particularly with his social media persona I wish he was just a nicer dude (laughs) yeah well everybody I know who knows him in the US Mm. says he's a lovely
0: lovely person yeah but it's just what he does on social media. Yeah, sorry, people generally are pretty amicable in person. Yeah, like, and I'm sure he takes care of the people. that Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, I saw at ADCC a bunch of people going, "Yeah, that guy's full of roids." Just like,
0: man, at that, at who isn't at yeah. ADCC? They kind of all are. Yeah, and that sort of prompted like a big stoush. I'll backtrack just quickly because, like, in one side of my mouth, I'm saying I wouldn't compete on TRT. That's bad. And then the other side of my mouth, I'm like. I'll do bedtime times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this is how, sort of how we exist in this in this space. Well, there's levels, right? Yeah. Like, if, if you're at the Olympic
1: level, mm-hmm. like the testing they're having, there's, you know, if you have, I think, even too much caffeine in your system, yeah. right, it'll give you a hard time. So...
0: And there's big lists, right? Red, I remember when I was doing a wrestling camp at the AIS, they they're looking at those lists. Do you know what's on that list? <laughs> Maka. Like, as in mucka Root. Yeah. As in, like, fucking get it at Coles, mucker, yeah. Like, put it in your coffee. Like, you can't have it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a it, bunch of stuff. Like, well, yeah. I mean,
0: used to be if you took, you know, a Sudafed yeah. the day before, they'd ping you. Man, yeah. I'd love to see what Gordon Ryan's mucker levels are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, sky yeah. high, baby. And, and what, one of his posts was like, he was uh, like he was saying like because the joke forever has been Asai and Jesus like yeah, that's yeah. how God like uh, uh, Gabor, like achieves his physique Asai and Jesus and sure. I'm like man I had, I'm sure acai, they were part of it I had <laughs> I had all the Asai but not enough Jesus <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, why yeah. I tore my hamstring but no you're right but I was actually having a chat to Jackie about this earlier today because we were watching some uh, like a the Netflix documentary on bodybuilding with the the Female bodybuilder that killed her husband. Oh yeah, I've
1: seen that. I haven't watched
0: Yeah, we we sort of just glossing over watching that sort of thing, but it got us to talking. Like bodybuilding's the only sport that hasn't suffered by having a completely natural separate federation. Mm. Like imagine that in grappling. Imagine if you had ADCC championships and then next to it you had ADCC naturals AD- like ADCN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, wouldn't it completely discredit the ADCC anyway? Like, well, it it's might go
1: the same way that bodybuilding has where the natural is, is, is such a small part of Mm. the sport because people want to see in bodybuilding, people want to see monsters. They just want to see these massive freaks that are just willing to put their bodies through whatever it takes Mm. to put an extra centimeter on their arms or, Mm. you know, um, and that's what people go for. They go for, it's a freak show and i I'm, All power to them. Those guys work extremely hard to achieve what they achieve. And the natural guys are half the size and get a quarter of the crowds. Mm. And you would probably find, um, uh, I think, in jiu-jitsu, you would have a similar result. Um, I think people would want to go and see the guys that are moving faster, bigger, stronger,
0: ripped, You know, and who are "quote unquote" the best? Yeah, right. Because you'd look at naturals and you'd be like, "Well, those guys aren't the best." There's other guys over there with like three arms. Yeah, they they can beat these guys. But I think, you know, thinking it through, it could be novel initially. Like if they did do an all-natural event, right? It'd be like the Rottolos and Roberto Jimenez. You know what I mean? Or or something like that. It'd be interesting
1: with the to see who has been preaching. Mm, for
0: the last decade I mean, about how it. natural they are. I yeah. mean, they're like, no, I'm not going to do that because nah. the testing's a little stringent. Yeah, it would be interesting <laughs> to see who showed up. Like, if we're, we're going to do this eight-man... If I could get eight. We're going to do this eight-man bracket, right? For all weight gonna, classes, we'll get eight. <laughs> open weight. Like, and we're going to test everyone. It's going to be stringent. We've got Usada on board. And everyone wants to see it. This is going to be an, uh, an all-natural eight-man bracket. And it's going to crown the first natural, all-natural grappling champion of the world. Yeah. It'd be novel initially. I might win that.
1: (laughs) Because it'd be me against seven white belts.
0: (laughs) But yeah. I'd probably still lose. I'd probably still come eight. It's interesting what you say about bodybuilding as well. And it brings up a whole host of different questions when it comes to bodybuilding. I know neither of us are bodybuilding experts. But doesn't it become like a, a mental and pain tolerance... Contest. Oh come on, you're right. A rookie mistake. Now you have to answer it. You have to answer yeah. it. Oh that would have been fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um because First podcast, guys, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> the, the only thing I, I I don't know much about steroids, so I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but as far as I understand, it's, it's not a performance enhancer in the way that it's going to allow you to go into the gym and lift more. Like, it's a recovery-based uh, thing, right? Well,
1: you'll lift more over time mm. because you'll recover faster. Yeah, So that's you, right.
0: If you can hit
1: chest, like destroy chest ah, twice simply, a week yeah. rather than once a week... Then it grows bigger. Yeah. It, you get stronger, faster. Yeah. That's and that's the same benefit you get for jujitsu.
0: Yeah. If like you could, people say, "Oh, strength doesn't matter," which
1: clearly is wrong. Yeah, it does. Um,
0: Especially concentric and ability to like uh, endure force, bracing, or, or just it.
1: you know, yeah. as at 115 kilos, if yeah. if you're 60 kilos, you're a lot easier for me to move around mm. than I am.
0: Than I am for you to yeah, move. So around. it comes
1: down to efficiency. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it,
0: just because it can be done doesn't mean it's yeah.
1: optimal. But if you're taking steroids for jiu-jitsu, the recovery time is mm-hmm. you know now I can train three times a day. Yeah,
0: so given that that it is very recovery heavy, if everyone's doing the same thing, then it comes down to like I look at Ronnie Coleman. I'm look at fuck his pain tolerance. And mental capacity to take himself to the level where he d- he just destroys, as you said, destroys his chest, destroys his legs. He's not doing one rep maxes for one rep maxes. He's like trying to do one rep maxes for twelve over yeah, yeah. hypertrophy. That dude you know was I mean? like deadlifting, I think, a thousand pounds. It's fucking crazy for reps. Yeah, like it's just so the mental. place where that he would have he would have to go mentally, given that recovery, his amplified recovery is allowing him to do more. That just means that he has to work more. Like the platform for them is there to work harder. And then they have to take it to an extreme level of actually working harder than we could be even really contemplate or fathom.
1: Yeah. But then then you look at what it's done to him. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. And that's the level that they go to to achieve that physique for what is a relatively short amount of time yeah. and then like the absolutely catastrophic result on your body because you're not making your tendons or ligaments actively stronger through that process. Not with There's, steroids, but... Yeah, exactly, The Because they're all on growth hormone now mm. as well. So that will
1: strengthen everything.
0: Fuck, I don't know anything about it, hey. Maybe if so, I did, I'd be super tempted to do <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the, the issue they have with growth hormone is... that. Everything grows. Yeah. So that's why they've all got distended stomachs now and all that. It's because all their internal organs are growing as well. Yeah. Which is super unhealthy. (laughs) That's bad. Yeah. Anyone who's like an enlarged heart is dangerous. Yeah. Um, Like a friend of mine had one, like not from growth (laughs) hormone. He's he's 10 years older than me, but he just had it. And he just basically had to chill the fuck out on everything. Yeah. He plays a lot of tennis and stuff like that. And he just had to chill out on everything until it sorted itself out. But Gordon Ryan, all he gets is a sore tongue tongue. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what that... If it's diverticulitis, which is... That's what Brock Lesnar had as well. That's serious. That's really serious. Because that's... I think that's like... I could be wrong, so there would probably be some doctor or something. Or you know a good nurse. Yeah, I know a good nurse, yeah. I think that's like nodules in your intestine. Yeah. And... Like so you've got like two nodges and it stuck gets stuck in there and just goes putrid and gross and upsets all your gut bacteria
0: and Uh, it's been a saga with Gordon. He's he's spoken about it heaps of times on Joe Rogan and stuff like that and where he's gone to actually get treatment and the specificity of what the problem actually is has changed over time. But we can sit back and speculate about what it is, but you know, one plus one you know, it's got to be something. Like, I would say that his PED use isn't helping the problem. Very probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, I mean... Well, his alleged PED Yeah, well, his alleged PED use. Yeah, alleged yeah. PED use. Uh, he, it presents us a very pro-wrestling problem with Gordon Gordon Ryan, right? Well, he's is, got the persona online as well, you know. Yeah. How, how... If he goes undefeated for the rest of his career and he never jobs out to anyone at the end of it then grapplin dies because you would always be able to say oh well he's the best that there ever mm. was and no one was able to eclipse him people said the same yeah. about hickson though so yeah um, there's always another level to go to but would it, it would be pretty climactic if say tyro tolo got on all the gear right <laughs> yeah. and then in Six years' time just finally took on, you know, an ailing like Gordon <laughs> Ryan. Well, I mean, and was, isn't able, to beat like 25? was 25? able to him in 25. Gordon's only going to be 31, man. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He's still going to be how old are the Ritoldos though? They've got let's say two plus two plus two plus two, right? So, 10 years, 10 years of ADCC, yeah. Right? So, five ADCCs, but then how old will they be? They'll be still under 30, yeah, but that's.
1: They're never going to be, like, 110 kilos. They
0: might, might
1: though. And they're going to be... Because how tall are those guys? They're, like, what, 5'8"? They're 18. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not many people put on, like, 6 inches after turning 18. Not many. Some do. That's true, yeah. So if they're 5'8", and Gordon Ryan's Mm 6'2", it's just to put on that weight Mm -hmm. on a way smaller frame is... And still be flexible,
0: yeah. Still have the cardio. I think the thing that gives people hope is that, yes, they are so young, young but the way that they handle older and heavier opponents like the fact that Tolo was able to defeat Felipe Pena is something that should not be understated. Yes, uh, oh,
1: those don't get me wrong, those two brothers are incredible, yeah. But incredible. they're not, they're they're not good. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But Gordon, I was talking to, to Matt, my coach about this the other day. We were just talking about how far ahead of everybody else he Mm. is right now. And it's the... I use the analogy. It's... it's Imagine a Formula One driver was winning every race by 10 laps. Like, every single race. Mm. Because it's... That's how far he is ahead. Like, no one... Like, he... ADCC final with Nicky Rod, who's very good, very talented, very explosive. He just... It it was like... And, like... Nicky just, once he grabbed the heel, he's like, it's over. Mm. I know it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to risk <laughs> destroying <laughs> my knee, yeah. like, which is sensible. Yeah. And, you know, Gordon did the right thing as well by giving him a chance to tap. We've all seen what some clips cold. recently mm. of a young man not giving somebody the chance. <laughs> oh. And, I mean, Gordon and Nikki possibly have beef. Who knows mm. with the DDC thing. Um, And he still did the right thing.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you'd be pretty upset after you get your gym stolen, so... <laughs> yeah, but Craig did that. Craig did that, <laughs> no, not Nicky. It's yeah. the whole meeting, it's the whole meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, Gordon Ryan's efficiency is almost incomprehensible if you haven't felt someone with that type of pressure before. Yeah. So a lot of the theories and elements of his game that he talks about if you've watched any of Danaher's instructionals or any of Gordon's instructionals that he's put out himself they talk a lot about energy efficiency and just simply making your opponent use more energy than you in any given situation whether it's an attacking defensive or positional situation you're forcing them to use more energy than maybe they think that they are because we've all done jujitsu yeah. We'll understand how to try to replace our guard. But they're talking about elements such as keeping them in a crunched position as opposed to a purely supine position. Because if you're bendy and guard, you're happy to stack, right? But if you're forcing the chin to the chest even a little bit, you're keeping them crunching, you're fatiguing their core. That is such a minute detail. It's also that, that
1: posture element as well. Yeah, the, it is
0: very yeah. postural. They're yeah. always talking about alignment and posture and the whole necktie and snapdown game is not necessarily designed to get pure takedowns from those uh, transitions it's more so to fatigue your entire torso by making you constantly look to the ground and battle with opposing force to get your head back up so a lot of a lot of the stuff we've been doing lately is like actually how to negate neckties outside removal inside counter insisted grip counter but also something that you will probably see come back that I think Danaher has touched on a bit is uh, chest-to-chest, upper-body grappling, whether that's from a judo perspective or a Greco-Roman perspective, because it starts to negate the necktie game and the fatigue game, and you get better positional control on landing positions than you do on, say, like a single leg or a double leg. Well,
1: that's really just moving their, their ground philosophy to the standard, yeah. you know, that yeah. chest-to-chest. They love when, when they're on top getting mm. chest to chest for the passing
0: and that's it's, such a big departure now from Gi as well they're, they're becoming such different sports. they're becoming
1: different yeah I was about to say the exact yeah. same thing they are becoming so f- detached from each other mm. that it's it's almost the equivalent of you know judo and greco at mm. the Olympics they're just they're not the same thing yeah yeah um, they're both grappling
0: yeah but you know. yeah, it's interesting when because most of the talk now when you Think of elite grapplers. We're talking about B team and DDS, right? We have to factor in some other clubs as well and how they would look at the Apart style. from MATLAB. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, man. We'll, you were at Panpacks. <laughs> you saw how that went down. I'm giving it a hot go, a red hot go. He's yeah, made a couple
1: of critical errors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, but. Like going for the guillotine when you, you were up <laughs> against
1: a very experienced competitor. And it's, it's Pam Pack's black belt. Yeah, yeah. Like there are no bums. No, man, that, I was Including that. you. Yeah, no. Like there are no bums.
0: Yeah, and I got to have a match for George Sotoropoulos. Yeah, it was man. a dream come true, dude. Yeah, that's. Like, it's, I was hyped about seeing him compete and then to actually have a match. Yeah, him. I saw him there. I was like, wow, he's bigger than. Yeah, me. yeah, he's <laughs> bigger. Like, oh, wow. And then when I saw photos of us, I'm like, fuck, he's actually like a little bit bigger than me. Like, oh. I am small. <laughs> every time I see myself in a photo, like, every time I put on I oh, look, I'm eighty eight kilos now. It's like, wow, yeah. you're still a midget. I don't dude. get that <laughs> very
1: often because I'm I'm six you're a big three. Man, yeah. I'm six yeah. Three, yeah. like a buck fifteen and that.
0: I saw John, I was like, whoa, he, he's a big unit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, Nick's fighting him, not no, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Jazz Smith is uh, he's I knew he was athletic like that, and I yeah. knew I had to set the pace, but it's one of those things I've talked about it before with Uh, Once I went for the guillotine And put myself on bottom That was it Like I did not get back off of bottom From that moment There was Yeah but
1: you Like we talked about after the match You could have fled the match I had a chance Yeah I had a chance You would have restarted from standing And when you guys were both on your feet You were probably the dominant
0: The dominant of the two. I felt I had ascendancy standing. I felt, you know, my, again, my grip and hand fighting and my understanding of levels and also the fact that I had a lower center of gravity than him sort of lended itself to me having the easier task on the feet. But yeah, I didn't adapt my half guard. I played the same style of half guard that he was able to get a read on and continuously pass towards the end. It took him a while to pass. It took him a while to score back. But once he did, I didn't score back again. I didn't flee the mat, as I said, didn't take my opportunity to get back up yeah. on my feet. Uh, and I, I, f- can, I
1: mean, I can understand why, because it's kind of, it it's not cheating, because it's within the rules, but yeah, it kind of feels yeah, like yeah. you're pushed out. But it's
0: also like awareness as well. So when you're training in the gym, what do you do when, you go, you know, when you're near the edge? You don't fucking run off the mat onto <laughs> the, the concrete. Yeah. You, you'd like try and hover near the edge, and yeah. so you stay on. So again, you know, a bit of an experience there, or, you know lack of recent experience, a recency yeah. bias, but I, I think also when you have a good guillotine that you know you develop in the academy um, and you rely on and you have developed it for a long time as well, there is a good thing to put trust in it in a competitive yeah, scene. it was a good guillotine yeah. as
1: well. It's just you were up against a very experienced yeah. guy who yeah. knew how to Adam well, came. he was super calm in it yeah, too. Very calm, like, very calm. I can tell you right now, if I was in that guillotine, I wouldn't. Have been
0: <laughs> in that I said to Jez afterwards, I'm like, mate, you made me do rubber guard. And how <laughs> dare you <laughs> force me to do rubber guard in a legitimate black <laughs> belt match? Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, I, you know, BJJ. I can't believe it. That's an EBI move. I did it. We got there. There's no photos of that. I wish there was a photo of me doing. Full on rubber guard crowbar, like ridiculous flexibility. Yeah. I didn't rip my hamstring on that, but you know, yeah. my, my knee hurt. <laughs> <You do that. laughs> the secret is one side I can do, one side yeah. no way. Yeah, But you yeah. know, it was definitely an awesome experience, and I'm, I'm glad that I got to have the, that experience as well. Um, what the hell were we talking about? There was something just before this. We were talking about. Uh, Gordon Ryan? Yeah. Perhaps? Gordon Ryan doing stuff, DDS. Yeah, so we're actually, yeah. Yeah, the biggest effect of the bigger clubs, yeah, yeah. 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 So there's Melky Garval. Like, who's the coach of Mika and Baby Shark yeah. and Fabrizio André. Well, the, yeah, and those guys are... And they have their own style. Yeah, right? and
1: big, I, th- I don't know if they're ever going to match up with Gordon, though, because they're all smaller. Yeah, guys. Like they're us. all smaller again. But, I mean, Micah is just... He's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. And Guy, no Guy, no worries. Yeah, does not care. care. Just put me on the mat. And he's exciting. He's an exciting yeah.
0: grappler as well. The the other team, obviously, is Atos with um, the Rotolos and... A few other very exciting guys, New Wave like Danaher, they're starting. Well, obviously they had to start again. So there's a, a, some developing guys, and the, what they were able to do with Bodoni is amazing. But you've also got guys like Luke Griffith and a couple of sleepers who used to be in the blue basement who have sort of made their way there now. There's um Marigalis there, yeah, Marigali. That's imp- what's I mean, another he, guy, Gino, Gino. Worries if he really commits. To what they're trying to achieve with him, or what he's trying to achieve by being there, and he gets more than six months—like he gets yeah. two years—I'd be very, very. It'd be hard pressed to say that he's not a front runner to win that next ADCC bracket, regardless of what rule, like what weight class he's in, because it's going to be hard for them to deal with updated versions of Marigali. Like yeah, he. Yeah. He is an elite level competitor for a reason. He is he is a computer. He's one of those guys. like He assimilates knowledge very, very quickly and he has consistent access to elite level practitioners around him, whether it be competitively or in the training room to better forge a pathway or better forge a strategy and game plan that works for him. Yeah. And, and he's from a place, like he's from New Wave where their whole ethos is efficiency anyway. So what is your path of least resistance? I think the thing between them and beating is that john danaher's system is based on the purest form of efficiency so his personal ideology of how to vary and modify a position to make it the most efficient and then he has his students do the same system that system and then they prove that it is the most efficient by utilizing it in consistent high-level competition you you cannot argue with team success. No, you can't. Right. And it, I think, I heard Jeremy Skinner say something on a podcast with um, Tommy Hayes a little while ago where he believes the next progression is like the team progression. So when you get that, when you get a, a Danaher death squad, they're all doing the same stuff. That means they get data on what worked and what didn't work based on that singular system. And they can, because they're all elite, they can converse and then apply and, and new systems. Danaher is
1: just, Speaking of people like computers, like Yeah man.
0: Like, he's ridiculous. Yeah. He wow. just his
1: ability to analyse something. Like anytime you've I've watched like when he was on Rogan and he's like was breaking <laughs> down the phone and he's like, Well it's it's over now. Like it's got well, three minutes to go. But it's this is, yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, is he, it, right? This I'm is the turning seven. point right now. Like what?
0: <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. So
1: amazing. now that yeah, I think now that Gordon's got him his Hips out or something. It was like, it's this is it. It's it's just a matter of
0: time now. It was already over now. It's like, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) But now it just comes down to some choices, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I, again, with beating. It's almost like you've got variation, like elite variation for variation's sake. You've got so many people in the room that are high level and you look at, like use the same example, like back control DDS using the straight jacket system that has been developed. They use it really well. They innovate it as the most efficient pathways, but with B-Team, they innovate it as to what is working in their room. Like, so when people start countering, Basic straight jacket. Okay, so what's the next thing? The next thing? The next thing? So yeah. it's variation for evolution's sake. Without a leader, he's not, they're not sort of like guiding them to mm-hmm. a specific end goal, but they're allowing them to go, you know, iron sharpens iron. And all of these variations are taking place. They're They're also training in a room where... From the outside of looking in, it looks very much like if they're training for a specific competition, they make sure that the weight classes match up for who is whomever is rolling oh, with yeah. each other in the in the rolling room. Well, they've got every weight class exactly now much sorted yeah. out. So. so the techniques that they're coming up with, or the variations that they're applying, are very much weight specific and very much game plan specific for those they've practitioners. Got, they seem to be getting like New Wave seems to be a bit more
1: of a closed shop. Mm. whereas B team, everybody's rocking up there. You know, like Jeremy was just there. Isaac's gone there I saw Huston Ryder was there recently yep. Like everybody's just going in there and dude, When Josh Barnett
0: went in there And yeah. trained with Craig That was pretty That's funny a scary man. human <laughs> Yeah, yeah I can't, <laughs> I can't even imagine And you know what? He doesn't look like he's missed the scene. You
1: know how scary Josh Barnett is? He's always wearing shoes on the mat And <laughs> no one tells him off <laughs> He's always got shoes on
0: And he's like Catch wrestling I'm like yep 100% mm. man Catch wrestling's the best I believe you Like seriously don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best time Jiu-Jitsu. Sure. Whatever you say, Josh. I suppose within this line of thinking, it would be interesting to see how the artist's room is run at an elite level or how the you know Melky's room is run as well at an elite level. Yeah. Are they trying to transplant similar ideologies or are they forging something for themselves?
1: I think as well, if, if Eddie could get 10th Planet mm. to really become one club, mm. rather than...
0: Satelliting. Yeah,
1: yeah they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they they seem to be a bunch of, dif- they're, they're almost like franchises, mm. I guess. It's yeah. like, this 10th planet is this 10th planet, we've got our own system, and this 10th planet is this 10th planet, mm. we've got our own system. and Whereas, yeah, if they could all come together and put their knowledge together, they would be a superpower just because there's 100%. so many yeah.
0: of them. I know what you're saying as well. And when you talk to people who are from 10th planet gyms as well, they're not stupid, man. Like they'll, they'll tell you, ah, oh, yeah, some of this shit doesn't really work that well. Some of this stuff from the system. Yeah. We like it. We keep doing it, but really they're just like any other grappling club, man. They're trying to keep up with the most modernized techniques. Yeah, yeah. They, if they get something in their quote unquote syllabus of, you know, warm-up systems that they think isn't really worth it. They're not going to spend eight hours doing it. You know what I mean? They're going to look for adaptions and evolutions. And I think that's sort of the way it's going anyway. I know Devin Coetzee in Brisbane is, you know, very much the same. Like, you're seeing him doing Danaher Death Squad, like, type movements, B-team type movements. Um, He's working on False Reap. Like, again, Tenth Planet didn't create those things. Like, they're not within the system, within the Prescribed system, but they they want to be the best grapplers that they can possibly be. But I know what you mean. If they pull their resources, yeah. I mean, yeah. They've got
1: the Martinez brothers. They've got. I mean, they, Eddie could be the. I mean, Eddie could never Ed. be the Danaher because yeah. I think he's a little cooked. He's
0: poten- <laughs> he's potentially too erratic to be the. Danaher. Yeah, he's he's too busy investigating flat earth and. Yeah, and being a comedian and shit. Like yeah. yeah. Like one hundred percent. He is his own person and he has interests that are vastly removed from yeah. jujitsu because he's just at that point in his life. Yeah, like, I he mean, did he's... really well in franchising 10th Planet. And from what I understand, it's very difficult for you to gain access and get the right to be a 10th Planet satellite or an affiliate. There's a certain host of things that you need to yeah. do, including. You know, podium shots and providing video footage of your students doing certain things, enrolling, and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, you gotta learn all the gang ganks. You as do, well, you man. do have to, but you actually, you actually fucking do, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's their trajectory is interesting in a way because they, I don't want to say they be, became what they revolted against, but in a way they kind of did, right? So the whole knock was like, Gracie Jiu Jitsu was too esoteric and it wouldn't work in a real fight. So Eddie Bravo beats and Gracies. And then started to innovate a system that he believed would work in MMA. Rubber guard is meant to be the pinnacle guard for MMA because you can break someone's posture down, they can stop hitting you. Well, that didn't really pan out or flesh out because it was a little too... Uh, flexibility esoteric so you had to be a certain body type in order to achieve those movements efficiently and prolifically yeah like if someone asked you to do but you could probably do williams guard like there's other variations of similar concepts that you could achieve but not so locked into one specific systems similar with the lockdown system similar with a lot of like i'll give you an example i competed at one of the first grappling industries that was in this country in melbourne Mm -hmm. and that was one of the first times you could do whatever the fuck you wanted in terms of submissions And I faced a host of 10th planet guys and they did the same thing. They had the same game plan, pulling quarter guard and trying to get sweeps going from lockdown and very similar way to replace their guard. So it wasn't so, it was not that difficult for me to understand what I had to do to modify and adapt in order to overcome three separate opponents. Right. So it took the uniquity away. And in the, in the Gracie system, it was like, you got to do these techniques and then, 10th planet innovated a system where it was like this is outside of that there's all these new cool things that are innovated so it can be effective again effective in mma that didn't pan out so it became submission grappling it became EBI, and then the franchising of 10th planet jiu-jitsu was like you're handing out lists of techniques that people need to do in order to be 10th planet which is kind of what Gracie jiu-jitsu was doing yeah, yeah. anyway it's you but You've gone to a syllabus basis, which is what you like. But but again, like these people are not stupid people. You talk to them, and they just want to be the best grapplers that they can possibly be. They're not subscribing to any kind of locked-in ideology. Like they just want to be good at grappling, so that's what they're doing. You know, you think they're not sitting down and studying Death Squad and Gordon Ryan and and Beattie? Of course they are, man. Like, would be silly to think that they're not. It's just that they're in a framework which seems kind of strange to an outsider. Thing. Yeah, well, I think they've deliberately made it that way.
1: It's their mm. cool little club with their weird names and their crazy warm up. Mm. Yeah.
0: But that's how they keep the the trainer like they keep the franchise alive, right? That's yeah, yeah. It's, the it's, rolling.
1: It's, it's yeah, it's like all the it's same as an F forty five or a CrossFit or they've yeah. all got their little unique culture that
0: people bond to. Yeah. And that's... And people do bond to it. They man. do. People 100%. like people it. People love their gym yeah, as well. Yeah.
1: Like, it's not just 10th Planet.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like,
1: yeah.
0: Everyone's got their own thing. Like, we're a nerd gym. Like, you know, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I know what I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're like, cool like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I, people wouldn't guess it, but I'm pretty nerdy myself <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah, people, I mean, people should love their gym because yeah. they spend a lot of time there. Nobody should be going to a gym they don't enjoy being yeah, at. Yeah, 100%. like nobody should be, unless you want to be, you know, elite, elite, and then you might put up with some shit that you don't want to. And then, but steal someone's gym. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyone who's you know, anyone in Adelaide, pretty much, is should just be enjoying themselves yeah, because yeah. I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter recently, and. She's uh she's a blue belt. She was really down on herself, like she lost a comp. I'm like, then you got to realize that your jujitsu will always suck when compared <laughs> to, when you compare yourself to the top 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 guys. Oh, yeah. Every your your coach who is like a fucking wizard as far as you're concerned when you're a blue belt, here's jujitsu sucks when you compare it to these yeah. guys, right? Yeah. So just go in, have fun, yeah. compete, enjoy yourself, like.
0: Yeah, you know, there's this, a very small percentage of people who come in the door who are going
1: to be elite competitors. Yeah, yeah, it's like playing basketball. Like, like there was no way I was ever going to make the
0: NBA, so I just played because I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, that, and that's as a coach, that's all I can really afford people. Yeah, is some sort of positive and constructive experience in martial arts in general. You know, yeah, that's that's what I want to do, and and I've always said like I don't think that I'm better. Than anyone else especially with the way that I coach or provide instruction or set up the week or anything like that <laughs> all I really wanted to do was provide something to the community that I thought was good yeah and that would help people and, that's, and that's, I feel like we're doing that yeah
1: well that's what I wanted to do with the brand yeah to go full circle yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just I like coming up with these silly pop culture yeah jiu-jitsu combo designs and if other people dig them too, awesome. Yeah. And if they don't, they, there are plenty of brands like Atlas that yeah. are quite minimal. You know, it's,
0: I totally get our brand is not for everybody. No, Jackie really likes the orchid designs. Yeah, She really likes the orchid designs. She's like, I don't like the white one though, Nick. Yeah. I like the blue one. Yeah, I'm sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, there's, there's a pink... No. or a oh, no. teal nah, nah, not interested <laughs> yeah. apparently the blue is the best mm. colour yeah yeah and that's the one she's. Un- at. until the purple is the best colour yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know what I like the orange <laughs> one it's, you know, well I'm a big fan of orange <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice <laughs> yeah
1: I had to be a big fan of
0: orange.
1: <laughs> um, that's good stuff yeah so yeah I totally it's it cracks me up that like I said I totally get our brands not for everyone but people a big shout out to all the people that come to the Facebook or Instagram Mm. page and put negative comments about how stupid our designs are because, The algorithm loves you, (laughs) what you don't realize is that every time you do it, all your friends see my designs, and I'm sure some of them enjoy them, so so big shout out to all the haters, (laughs) love
0: you guys. I'm putting that up in the link (laughs) on the bio, like the algorithm loves you. Yeah, 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 it does. I haven't haven't had any outward haters yet, but now that I've said that, they're going to come for me. Touch wood. Don't yeah, worry. Well, I know you guys are out there. It's we, okay. We didn't you can didn't come really, say hello.
1: <laughs> we didn't really get a lot until recently. But the, so COVID really knocked the brand for six, Like oh, it did yeah. for a lot of brands. So yeah, no complaints, but gyms were closed. People weren't training, all that sort of stuff. We we went, we were down 75% through COVID. Oh man, that's, so, that's drastic. Yeah. And thank God I had a good job. Yeah. So, like it's like I said, I never pulled a wage out of it, so it wasn't paying my bills. So I could just survive and not give as much away, mm. basically. Um, but since the end of COVID, the brand's bigger than it ever was. But that means you know, there's always going to be that percentage of people that will hate online.
0: Mm. And
1: if you if you're only in front of a hundred people, the people that hate might not say anything. But when you're in front of yeah ten thousand then you're always going to get those. Ah, oh,
0: man, that's just so... Yeah. But you're a guy, I mean, we had a conversation at Pampax, you put out a promotion, it was like, hey, come up and say that you love wrist locks and i give you a free t-shirt, you know what I mean? Like, come on, are you, yeah, are you hating on everyone? Like, Oh, I, I really, if if your life is
1: at the point where you're at home <laughs> putting bad comments on Facebook for people you've never met, yeah, then I, I actually feel a bit sorry for you. Like, I am ah. out trying to do something positive. And yeah.
0: yeah. But I do know what you mean though, from the, from the perspective of like a, a business when you do have a business, like Jackie and I did a podcast on what was essentially the setup of MATLAB. And that was like a timeline setup. And one of the segments that we did was literally the day before we opened for the first time and we were exhausted. Your we bet. were sitting in the academy that we'd spent in the last three days, sleepless nights, trying to get ready for this open date. And it was a really candid and a really real conversation that we had with each other about everything that had gone into getting that place open. And after that podcast went up, we got business after business after business, people who had set up their own businesses, reaching out to us saying, fuck, that almost made me cry. Like that resonates with me so much because you can see the products, you can see the Instagram and the marketing. That's like a a symptom of what we do. That's a necessity of what yeah, we yeah. do. But every single drop of effort that we put into it is behind closed doors. And the motives, why we're doing things, that's, that's what we feel is getting attacked. Like if someone is negative towards you online, you're like, well, why do you fucking hate the fact that I'm trying to do something good for you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Community. I'm trying to do
1: something nice yeah, and you're out yeah.
0: here slagging me yeah, off. Yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, we, we cannot compute... When yeah, I don't they try to say to us, "Oh no, it's about this design," no like, oh, fuck you, it's not about yeah. the design. It's about me. Like I did the design, yeah, and yeah. you backtrack it in your own mind. You're like, "This is where it's coming from," but no, we completely understand, man. And that's why I said to you, I will not take that free T-shirt from <laughs> you. <laughs> like, like I want to ma-, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's um, yeah. It used to really
1: get to me. Mm. Like it used to be like I could get a hundred nice comments and what, <laughs> the one negative one, and I'd be Filthy on the road for twenty four hours. I'd be like, fucking yeah, you know, kick my dog and <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I would never <laughs> kick my dog. But um, yeah, and now I just I kind of laugh it off and I feel bad for them. Like their life, if like I said, if that's where your life is at, mm. man, you you're not in as good a place as I am. Yeah. So
0: I feel bad for you. Maybe they should set up an apparel company. If they well, if yeah, really like, if they, they, really feel if feel they want strongly. to do the fourteen hour days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I I have said that to
1: somebody before. It's like, it was, yeah, it was just like, you know, something along the lines of this design sucks or this is crap. And I'll be like, yeah, man, best of luck with your designs, man. I, I hope they're really good. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you sell hundreds. And
0: they like, and And then they run into the like the issue of trying to get this this run printed and then whoever's printing them or whoever's putting them together is like well you need to do a minimum of 20 to 30 per size right so for whatever design you have put push the numbers up and then we'll do it for you and you're like oh so that's Extra small, small, medium, yeah, yeah. large, extra large—they all have to have thirty yeah. on them, like yeah. in every or, color that I wanted.
1: And then, oh, now I've got people asking for kids sizes. Yeah, and now people are saying, "Oh, can I get a woman's cut?" And it's like, yeah, yeah we can. It's it complicated.
0: Just find me a hundred more of you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we can do it. Like, but I, I understand that. You know, we went through. Um, through MA One Apparel for our first run yep. of MATLAB rash guards. Help me, it, nah, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> but like we just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's reason. fine, man. But like, like we went through the whole process, right? Because we wanted to do ranked rash guards. and we're like, well, we can't. Yeah, uh, we can't. We literally cannot do that many. Uh, from being a startup company, what it was going to cost us to do simple ranked mash gu- like MATLAB rash guards was going to put us so far out of bag that we wouldn't be able to return yeah. from it. And we were gobsmacked. we never then go got then you got to them. sell them
1: for $100 a year. Yeah, it's like, like no, we're we're buy buy a fucking 100 So actually. we're like, let's
0: just do a simple <laughs> run. Yeah, like, yeah. And even that is like, well, how many? Is, yeah. yeah. People don't really realize the reality of you know, the, the functionary yeah. aspect The the,
1: the best tip I can give you is if you do another design, run a pre-order with your team. Mm. So then you've got an idea of what sizes people want. Plus, you get some money up front, which helps cover the cost of the, the mm-hmm. whole run. Uh, and you guys get excited about something new yeah. as well. Yeah. And your turnaround time should be quick. Try again. Oh, man. Maybe.
0: My anchor my anchor app just went <laughs> yeah. haywire. I'll probably have to do an edit for the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, so,
1: um, yeah, so that's yeah. what I recommend to the clubs that use us for their stuff, is just one, like you've already done, is... Just do something basic when you're starting out. Don't mm-hmm. do ranked because it gets too complicated. And and anyone who's listening has got a club, do pre-orders. You your club members will always support you if they can, because they love you, which is awesome. So you, you can kind of offset some of that cost initially. Mm. And you know, you can always do something good for them, like, you know, we're gonna charge 70 for this, but if you buy it on the pre-order, you can have it for 60. Mm. And so then they're motivated to do the pre-order, um, or you can say they're only pre-order. Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh, you, you have to do something like that, though. You yeah. have to. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it gets very expensive very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like you said, the, the bit that people see is just really the icing on the cake mm. and all the stuff they don't see. Like, the other day, we had a shipment of ice. So we do a lot of pre-order as well, um... So we had three boxes of stock arrive at like four o'clock on a, on Friday, not the Friday that's gone, the one before, oh, sorry, no, it was the Friday that's gone. And my wife and I were packing orders until like 10 o'clock at night, we wow. just did six hours straight of just packing orders so that they could be at the post office the next day, so they go out as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Like that's the stuff people don't see. Yeah, yeah. For where people are like, ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: like anyone who comes to me and says, hey, I want to start a brand, yeah. I'll tell them exactly how to do it. Yeah. Like, I will walk you through it. Yeah, like, because you still have to do it. Yeah, yeah you have to follow like, it through. Yeah, you you have to do the work. Mm. Like And like, it's taken six years for Continuous Flow to become an overnight success. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that's how it goes. That's yeah, like, yeah, you consistently pump out new designs now and it's it's really good to see where it's gone. With the with the new designs, actually, with the orchid designs, was that more of like a okay? So if we were going to scale something back and make something ranked, this is the way we we'd go with it.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to kind of move away from not completely move away, but I wanted to now that the brand's growing to mm. do some stuff that's not pop culture mm-hmm. related. That's a good uh, way to
0: start, man. Yeah, also, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. once again, really lucky to have the the talented illustrators that i've got Uh, that was another name design Mm -hmm. and that one i just let's remember you're probably not but in that late 80s early 90s it was the okanui shorts Mm. which i really loved that design when i was a kid when it came out but they were expensive they were like 50 dollars shorts back in the 80s Mm. like like, (laughs) man like we weren't rich (laughs) um so it was like i loved them but there was no way i was Mm. ever going to be able to afford it and it just I don't know how it just came to me. I'm like, man, I should just do something along those lines. And I'm so I didn't want it to be a direct rip-off, obviously. So I just Googled what the national flower of Brazil is, and it's an orchid. Mm. So I sent Naeem a picture of the orchid, I said that and the picture of the Okanui. And I said, This is the kind of vibe I'm going for. And then he just worked his magic. And yeah. he, uh, the dude is ridiculously talented.
0: Are there plans in <laughs> the future for some sort of Batman crossover. Yeah. You knew I was going to ask Yeah, yeah. I, I, have, I have
1: thought of several. I just know DC are super, yeah, super bad. aggressive with their
0: IP. There's a guy in the States, like Fusion Fightwear. He just rips everything Batman-related and DC-related. I'm like, how are you doing this? I thing? think he's got a relationship with DC. You'd want to. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he would have been There's no way. sued into yeah. the ground. Um, I think he, he must know people... Like he must be in California or something. Mm-hmm. Like he knows Hollywood folks or something because he does. He's done like the Bloodsport one, yep. Terminator. Yep. He must know some studio people. Yep. Um, we don't really have that luxury in Adelaide. <laughs> For those listening overseas, we are a a small city (laughs) or a large country town, depending on how you look at it.
0: Yeah. So like Um, when you look one way, it's just hills. And when you look other way, it's it's like an ocean. So you kind of feel like you're either in a hole or a trough. Like that's just how you feel when you're in Adelaide.
1: Um, So we, I don't have the luxury of knowing people. Um, I have thought of several, like the, the obvious one is the dark night. Oh, there you go. I think has already been done. (laughs) Uh, you could turn the Joker into the Choker. Yeah. You could turn the Riddler into the Wriggler.
0: Oh, yeah. So I have Getting thought about it. Getting out of sight control. <laughs> yeah. I have thought about it.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... I'm just really... Like, we did a Deadpool one when the first movie came out. So I think that was, like, 2017. Mm. And it did really well. But that's when we were, you know, we were selling, like, 100 units, tops. Um, and so you, if you're flying under the radar, that's kind of okay. You'll get away with it, but I we sold them for a very short period of time and then quickly pulled them off, just in case somebody from Disney yeah. happened to come across them. Um, so yeah, I just I don't need that aggravation. Agri- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like,
0: well, maybe like, maybe if I like if I really dig into the bag right, <laughs> of, of super esoteric Batman <laughs> villains and stuff like that, you yeah. might be able to like get away with. Yeah, that. yeah, you would
1: definitely be the source. To be to, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Naam the illustri- one of the illustrators I use is he just did a drawing of Batman like just for himself. Mm. Didn't, nothing for sale, nothing, and posted it on his Facebook and DC had it pulled down, sent him a threatening letter like, and it was nothing, he wasn't selling it. It was just like, hey, here's a cu- cool picture I drew. That's
0: insane. And so when I
1: heard that, I was like, well, man, I really need to be careful with oh, these guys. Man. Yeah. Um, Come on, DC. We yeah. want to do cool stuff. But, and he does stuff like that all the time. Like, he's just, like, he. Went away with his family to Gold Coast recently, and on a flight back he drew this really cool Ninja Turtle. And then he just posted the... the he's not selling it. It's not on anything. It's just like, here's a Ninja Turtle I drew while I was on the you know, on the plane on the way back. He's I'm so jealous and,
0: of artists. Oh, so <laughs> sickeningly talented. But then, like, you look, you put it into perspective and how hard they've worked oh, yeah. to be able to achieve those skills, and you're like, yeah, you're going to have that. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, he's shit on the mats, though. <laughs> Uh, he was a good basketballer too, which is mm-hmm. annoying as well. But uh, yeah, he just he did go to university and he's done honors and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. so <laughs> he has he's put in the grind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool with him as well because we're kind of on the same wavelength. So I'd, I very rarely have to send him any changes. Like I just say, this is what I want. Like if I was to do the the Batman one, I'd be like, oh, it's the dark night. But. We've gotta make it a little bit different. So we'll change the bat to a CF somehow mm-hmm. and uh, maybe do something different with his ears and blah 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 blah. And then the the first draft is almost perfect almost every time and I'll be just like, oh, I just change this, this and this and yeah, and it's that's really cool. Right. Have you um, back and forth.
0: Have you got any exclusives for me today about things that are in the works So you don't wanna give it away? No, no, we've got
1: so we just did our Christmas designs just dropped, which we always do something cool for Christmas. So this year it's um Jolly St. Kit, Yeah. Which is, we've got Santa Claus kicking Krampus in the face because <laughs> he came to kids' class.
0: Well, that's a really good, really good design. <laughs> too, like. uh,
1: that's actually by another Adelaide artist called Greg. Um, so he's been doing a few for me. He did the Snow White one as well. Um, and then we've got uh, a Viking design coming for December, which will be uh, called The Berserker. So, and then we'll have another fairy tale one for, and then we tend to do one, Australia Day, we tend to do an Australian animal. Mm. So we've done koalas and cassowaries before, so we didn't do any over COVID because nothing was selling, so. Yeah
0: well there's a couple of other franchises out there that I've loved over the years one is well I mean people know that I love The Crow I love oh, yeah. The Sandman like yeah, I love all of Neil Gaiman's well. Sandman comics like from the original run did you enjoy
1: the TV series
0: I did I, I did too. I thought it was good it's always going to be a big task to sort of capture the scope of yeah the comic books like all, all Gaiman stuff
1: is like that like, yeah. the series doesn't
0: Always live up to Mm. the book or the comic, yeah. Um, yeah, but knowing where it goes, (laughs) knowing where Sandman goes, it's if they really push, then it could be really epic,
1: yeah. Well, it's good that Netflix are throwing the budget at it, yeah, because Netflix are pretty famous for doing the first season,
0: they're going, eh. Yeah, <laughs> we've yeah. lost interest we That's just, cool. we're, we're bored of it now
1: kind of like those apparel brands
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to make it work you've got to keep it on that level because yeah, yeah. it just gets even broader and sort of more cosmic and stuff like that as, yeah. as time goes by so yeah maybe there's some Sandman crossover potential in the future yeah, definitely yeah. Watchmen okay but I know it's DC again but like you know yeah be um, I have been for,
1: on you. I've been asked for Rorschach before yeah yeah. Andy loves Rorschach. So yeah. he's like, can
0: you do a Rorschach? Wow.
1: Yeah, See, I'm
0: a Dr. Manhattan guy. Oh, there you right? go. So I've got a big Manhattan tattoo on my ribs oh, and, um, that hurt. <laughs> yes. I have no tattoos, so I'm not going to comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Um, yeah, there could be some cool stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, th- that's the thing with what we do is it's really bottomless. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's no end to what we can rework. Um, until we stop getting away with it, I guess. <laughs> then there'll be a lot of orchids. <laughs> nah, that's awesome. No, well, that's why I started with the fairy tale stuff as well. Because yeah, even though yeah. some people are like, "Oh, Disney's going to sue you for that," it's like, dude, Snow White <laughs> was around like 150 <laughs> yeah. years before Disney was. Yeah. I'm pretty safe. I Dig think.
0: them up and yeah, yeah, make him come out at me. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah, well, the fairy tale stuff because Snow White did really well. So whoop. so here's some exclusives. The next one will probably be uh Risty Locks and the Three Bears. Oh my god. <laughs> um and then we'll probably do red belt riding with, with the big bear wolf. That's awesome.
0: Like that. That's awesome. So I there like you go. That.
1: There's there's a there's a bat phone exclusive.
0: Ah <laughs> 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 right, man, we'll we cool. could probably sit here and be chatting all day. Oh, yeah, for we've sure. probably got stuff to do and I, we've got to do groceries. We've got to do like the mundane. Yeah, I've got all the exciting stuff. stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. But before we go, is there anyone you want to give shout-outs to or say thank you to? Well,
1: obviously Naam and Greg, the, the illustrators, because without them, it, the brand is nothing, right? So without their talent, because they're really the talent, coming up with stupid ideas is, is my bag, but <laughs> I, can't, I come up with tons as well that don't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, it does my wife's head in. Like, <laughs> um, so those guys definitely... My wife as well for putting up with it. For, like I said, for... So we've been around six years. The business has been profitable one of those six years. Mm. So as, as a household, we've propped it up repeatedly. So thanks to her for that. Uh, all the sponsored guys, obviously, anyone who's ever shared a post, bought some gear, anything like that, really appreciate it. Uh, yourself for having me on. Of course. Uh, of course. And my coach, Matt Jones, mm. and everybody at ISOHealth who... Beat the snot out of me on the regular.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, No, I'm super happy to have you on, man. Like we, we see it all the time around the place, like support local and stuff like that not only are you local and you're a business and we want to support you, but you also go out of your way to support the local talent here in South Australia. And we, we've got to give thanks for that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully we've illuminated some people's <laughs> yeah. mentalities about what running a business is actually like. And also, you know, some of the people that are out there in the community as well, who, you know, like yourself, are super, super oriented on building and growing the, the sport and community.
1: So yeah, to me, BJJ is... So small, right? Like martial arts itself is small, and we're a small martial art, you know, compared to you know the taekwondos and the karate's and stuff with you know millions and millions of people doing it. Um, so we need to make our community welcoming, mm. we need to be accepting of people into our community, we need to be accepting of the other people already in our community, mm. and do our best if we want it to grow, which I'm sure you do as well as me. That's what we have, that has to be our mindset. The people that are creating fake beef or, or even real beef, like it just doesn't help mm. in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not going to mention any names obviously because I don't want to create any beef. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would just want it to be inclusive. I want, you know, kids and girls and shy people and all the people that, you know, nerds yeah. like People us. that maybe wouldn't usually yeah, yeah, step people into that, a martial arts. Yeah, that would be intimidated Generally speaking, I want all those people to come and do jiu jitsu because it will change their life for the better. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a brilliant sentiment,
0: man. Brilliant sentiment. Thank cool. you so much. Thanks for having me. That's the other big thanks. Thanks ah, for mate. Me. Cheers. I'm just some guy. And to, and to Jackie for talking to you in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, stay tuned. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel for all the bat fans out there.